You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. Another day, another dollar. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. All right. Bet you didn't know I went hard. I keep it fresh and I keep it funky. Funkmaster Flash. All right, so we're going to get to your calls. I was sitting here politely watching a Minnesota Vikings game, and they just freaking turned it off on me right when it was getting good. I mean, I'm trying to watch like the 19th sack and 50 points, and they just they just turned it off. How do you do that to somebody? I don't understand. That would be like if a team is up 21. And then in the fourth quarter, the other team starts surging back. And they're like, nah, this is getting a little close. Let's turn it off. It's just getting to the good part. Do you understand there are Packer fans that want to watch this? There are Bears fans and Lions fans and Cowboys fans, although I'm sure Dallas fans can still watch it. I can't. I got to watch Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. There are very few things I care about. You cut away to an AFC team? I don't care about Pittsburgh and the Bengals. Gross. 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 Oh, and now I gotta watch Pickens make another stupid catch that is gonna be all over social media. Good lord. Good lord. This is not what I wanted to do today. But that's why you're here. To cheer me up. Let's see what we got going on. I don't think we have any new callers, so let's just uh let's just kick it old school, man. You know what I mean? Let's just let's just do that. Hey brother. Sorry, I uh, apparently had a few too many beers. All right, that's fine. the game, and um, I've been listening to my um, quips to your podcast. Good Lord, dude, I went into having a... Uh, yeah, we don't need to talk about it. Yeah. So, sorry about that. Have a good one. What's happening? I will uh, try not to call you like a like an ex girlfriend when I've been watching a game. See ya. Have a good one. I'll be honest. I don't even know what you're referring to. Couldn't have been that bad. So don't stop calling. Don't stop believing. Said uh, what's the guy's name? Sings for Journey. I don't know. By the way, my family just got home, 
And so there's a lot of stomping and screaming, and they're they're just letting loose a bunch of pent up energy. Sacked them. Sorry. Uh, all right. Hey, um, dude, I've already opened a six pack, so you might get a couple more calls. I dig but it. Do I'm it. Hoping not. Rock it. And last year, Joe Barry had COVID for one week. I'm curious how the defense did that week versus how the defense is doing this week. Because I think last week, uh, it wasn't Joe Witt, uh, Jerry Gray. And somebody else called the defense last year. So how does that defense compare to this defense this year? Um, I'm just curious to find out. I know you can look it up. And uh, thanks for all your hard work. Have a good one. Bye. All right, man, you're going to make me work already. We're just getting this thing started. All right, let me see. I got to find out, first of all, when he went out uh, and then figure out what exactly to even look at here. We did just get a new caller, though. So we can we can do that. But I guess I'll answer this first. <laughs> just, oh, sorry, new caller can't answer the question. All right, quick Google search. Packers, uh, Green Bay Packers defensive coordinator Joe Barry test positive for COVID-19. We'll miss Thursday night football versus Arizona Cardinals. Well, just simply sorting by score, um, it's about dead average. It's like, well, not, uh, what is it, median? It's right in the middle. It's not mean. What's mode? Isn't it like highest minus lowest or something stupid? I don't remember. I just remember mean, median, and mode. I think mean is average and median is middle. The heck was mode? I know it was something stupid. But yeah, it's, it's like right in the middle. 21 points allowed. Here's a different way that we can do that, though, because... Obviously, not all things are, you know, not every team is exactly equal. So we can look at DVOA, which kind of takes into account uh, how good or bad a team is, and look at 2021, although they don't have each team by week, which is stupid. They've got by team by the year, and then they have week. So you can go to week nine and look at all the teams, which is dumb. But it was week eight. Green Bay had a negative 7.5% DVOA defensively in that game we had for the season a 3.6 percent dvoa so there's a lot of ways that you can answer that question but suffice it to say uh that was a much better than average performance so that is to say on the season the green bay packers according to football outsiders were 3.6 percent worse than your average defense against the arizona cardinals they were what did i say seven and a half percent better than your average defense so I could go week to week and try to see what the best or worst was, but I'm not going to do that for today. Maybe I'll save that for another day. But uh, good catch, good call. Uh, let me just see really quick who did call. I don't know if you answered it yourself or if you were asking who did. Uh, it probably was Gray, but let's see if I can get an answer. And yes, it is uh, Jerry Gray was the answer to the question. Uh, pro football talk, Jerry Gray to call defense for Packers with Joe Barry out with COVID-19. Green Bay Packers head coach Matt LaFleur said Tuesday that defensive passing game coordinator Jerry Gray will take over the play calling duties on defense Thursday night against the Arizona Cardinals. So there you go. If you are a uh, proponent of promoting Jerry Gray, which I know a lot of people are not right now because the secondary is doing terribly. I don't know. Again, the, 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 my whole thing is it's a different position, right? I mean, Honestly, if he was doing a great job, that would, in a sense, be a negative for the same reason that promoting our offensive line coach to offensive coordinator was a negative because we just lost our offensive line coach. Not that he's not there to be somewhat of an impact, but it is much less of an impact. 
So I don't know. I don't really have an opinion on it. I'm so disconnected from a position of being able to make a decision on that that it's really hard to do. But um, again, if you are a Jerry Gray proponent, there's there's one little data point you can put in your back pocket and go smack somebody over the face with it uh, on the uh, twitters.coms. Hope that helps. All right, let's get to our uh, new caller. Hey, man. It's just hey. nice to see a different team from the NFC North have a fraudulent record. Speaking of, uh wondered if we might dig, dig into the numbers a little bit about uh, margin of victory, like points for and against okay. the Matt LaFleur regime. I'm just, I don't remember the Packers ever having a win like the Cowboys right. today. I think the biggest they ever had was maybe 17. I'd like to know who their biggest wins were against and the point spread. I mean, beating the Lions by 17, I remember that one, but uh, not too impressive. Anyway, just a little theory I got that this team was never actually that good. So I thought I looked this up once before. It depends exactly what it was. I looked up, oop, here's the end of the game. Did Dallas kick that field goal or Minnesota? Dallas. They're banging like 50-yard field goals because why not? That's so funny. Um, I thought I looked this up. It might have been something slightly different, but I was surprised to find the Packers actually did have a pretty big margin of victory. Let me think um, how to answer your question best here. So Matt LaFleur era, and we're talking wins, and when you win, how much do you win by? Right. Let's start with that because I don't want to just do general margin because the Packers win more often than not. So teams that lose, obviously, are going to have lower, and the Packers are going to have higher, but that's just because they're cons- you can consistently win by three, but if you win every game, you're going to have a, a higher point margin than a team that loses more games than they win, even if they're blowing people out. All right, so let's just look at wins. So every time a team wins, how much do they win by? It's a couple different ways we can answer this. Let's start with this one. All right, so the the simple question of, When you win, how much do you win by on average? The Green Bay Packers rank 17th, so that obviously is not very good, and that spans from 2019 to 2022. So you you certainly wouldn't expect. So for example, let's let's contrast that with. um, Well, I'm I'm not going to do all that. We got a lot of other things I want to do here, but obviously the Packers' offense, just in terms of points, has always ranked higher than 17th, aside from this year, on average. The team, let me see this here, beats teams by about 10.3 points, which is a fairly, I guess, hefty margin, but that's pretty standard, I guess. Um, There are only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There are only nine teams that, when they win, win on average by less than nine points. So most teams win by nine or more. Uh, 15 teams win by 11 or more. Uh, 11 teams by 12 or more, and then you've got uh, San Francisco, Tampa, Baltimore, Buffalo, Dallas, New England. New England crushes teams. Dallas crushes teams. Buffalo crushes teams. Baltimore, Tampa. These are the top five. Um, well, actually, you'd, you'd probably add San Francisco in there too. San Fran and Tampa, 13 points per game. Uh, Baltimore, on average, 14.7, roughly 15. Buffalo, four, 15.4. Dallas 15.5, and then the New England Patriots 18.2 points. When they win, on average, they beat a team by 18 points. We're sitting at 10 over the last three or four years, three and a half years. Um, one other way to look at this. Here's the other thing. I think what I had done before, 
And and I what happened was I said how many ten point or more wins um, did a team have? And the Packers rank. Let me uh, sort by this again. They rank sixth in the Matt Lafleur era, which isn't terrible, right? They're tied well, tied for fifth with New England. But again, the Packers generally win most of their games. So the question is, when you win, what percentage of your wins are ten point or more wins? If you look at it that way, the Packers rank 15th. And again, you have Buffalo. 72% of the wins that they have are 10 point or more. New England, 64%. Dallas, 62%. And all the way down, the Green Bay Packers are sitting at 48.89%. Less than half the time do they win by 10 points or more. If you say 15 points, it's about the same. They rank 16th. What percentage of the of the games that you win do you win by 15 points or more? They're, uh, again, 16th. And again, it's roughly the same teams. It, it slightly shifts, but it's the same five or six teams. You got Baltimore, um, 42% of their games, they win by 15%. Tampa, 43%. Buffalo, 44%. The 49ers, 44%. The Dallas Cowboys, 53%. And New England, 55%. So Dallas and New England... More than 50% of the time when they win, it's by 15 points or more. The Packers are sitting at 28.89%. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, <clears throat> it's not great. And again, you look, at, you look at it and say, well, they're still winning. Yeah, but the, 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 there's, here's the thing. There's a pile of teams that have been very good over the last, since, since Matt LaFleur's tenure. The only one really that I can see, there, well, there's two. There's the Kansas City Chiefs and the Green Bay Packers. The Chiefs aren't much better with the 15-point wins, which is surprising because it seems like they have a bunch of them. They're at 30%. We're at 28%. But we're down here with all bad teams. There are no good teams that are down here. All the good teams are at the top. And remember, this isn't, well, that's because they win more. That has nothing to do with it. We've eliminated that criteria. The question is, when you win, what percentage of those wins are by 50 so you can win two games it doesn't matter you'd be at 100% if both of them were 15% but the same really good teams Baltimore Tampa Buffalo San Francisco Dallas and New England stay the top 6 every single time no matter what you look at who's below the packers cardinals chargers texans falcons dolphins jets browns bears broncos vikings giants detroit washington seattle pittsburgh and the Raiders. Not one of those teams has been good through this entire stretch. None of them. I mean, Minnesota hasn't been... They, they, they're good this year. They haven't been good. Have they even made the playoffs hardly? Um, Miami, this is about their only decent year. Arizona hasn't been all that great. That would be about the closest thing to it. So there are no, te- are no teams below us. All of the good teams win by wider margins than the Packers do. So, there you go. Cumulatively, yes, the Packers are up there, but they win a lot more games. If you look at it as a percentage, though, the Packers win by a wide margin less often than... than they're, they're about average, but the top five are all the good teams, and we're sitting at 16. Again, with the Chiefs, who apparently decided they don't do that anymore, I have no idea. I thought they always blew out teams. I, I guess I stopped paying attention because I stopped caring about them a long time ago. Also, I don't have a name for you. 
Looks like you're in Southern California. I don't really know what to do with that. You said the word fraud. Fraudy? Freddy? Can I call you Freddy? I'll call you Freddy. I don't have a Freddy. We need a Freddy on this show. All right, sir. Thank you for the call. You are now officially Freddy. All right, let's uh, let's keep it rocking and rolling. Hey, back daddy. It's uh, Squidly Diddly. Squidly Diddly. Yeah. How do we have three? Do we have three people that call in from Escanaba? How is that possible? What is the population of Escanaba? Population Escanaba. Did I even spell that right? Dude, I nailed that. 12,000. That's, uh, it's not that big. It's not that big. Jake, he says he's from Mexico. I don't know, I believe it, but anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's, uh, you got quite the, uh, interesting, uh, platform here. It seems like, you don't care who calls. Glad to see Scuba Steve's doing good. Yep. For the record, it's Zach, Jake, and Squidly Diddly, all from Escanaba, apparently. But uh, back to the Packers, man, I don't know. Um, and that janitor, I'd like Paps, too. In fact, I'm drinking them right now. And that's probably why I called. I was walking <laughs> through work today. I said, oh, well, I got to catch up on this podcast. You got so much, <clears throat> so much, uh, so many podcasts, I can't keep up. I love the spoken word, you know. Can't either. That's whatever it is, what it is. And uh since some about you need power and electrician, it just so happens I am an electrician and there's nothing you can save the Packers. I mean, I don't know. This season's pretty well shot and uh Jeez, we can't even get an electrician to help this yeah, team. But uh this is great. I mean I'm I'm glad you're still doing it because I remember me mowing the lawn up in my camp, you know, up in the UP. Mm-hmm. Like, man, you struggled to have a seven day a week podcast and now we got more kids and all this and the old uh Packernet podcast is turning into an empire. Good for you, man. I mean <laughs> pretty uh, pretty happy for you. So I hope you're uh you know, you got a studio now or whatever, maybe. But I remember you got an office you're back in your basement in your apartment and yeah. you know, I think maybe you had one kid or something. I don't know, but now you got what, three? Good for you, bro. Yeah, four. Good for you. And I you think just, I had two at the just time. Just grinding. Awesome. Yep. So I don't know when you're going to cut me off or if you're going to listen to this. I'm sure you will. <laughs> We're still going, man. We're to here. I hear what you say. Maybe I'll call again. All right, bye. Spoiler alert, he did call in again. Hey, it's Squidly Diddly again. Squidly Diddly. I just started listening to the new one. Man, I you, you were going to quit doing packing it after dark come on man that's crazy don't ever do it this is great <laughs> all right later squidly with the pep talks i appreciate it we got one more squidly diddly here yeah squidly diddly again hey man just uh want to comment on jake's comment okay the enemy man nope you're gonna get the same thing matt Nagy in chicago dumpster fire no stay the course bye yeah jake Take that. All right, Roland, what's up, man? Hey, Ryan. Roland from New York here. I just have a couple points. First one I'd say, there's no way Rodgers is going to retire on a fractured thumb year with the team not doing so well. They clearly set up his contract in a way to give him three or four more cracks at a Super Bowl. Um, so I, I think he's coming back. Um, 
unless he either wins one or thinks he's gone as far as he can with the team. But with the young talent, I don't think is the case. As for Jordan Love, yeah, I, I the the biggest thing for me would be the money, but he's so close to retirement. I mean, there's there's something about him walking away from like sixty million, which I know he's super rich, but that's I don't care how much money. You, well, I, I guess if you're like a billionaire, that maybe isn't that much. But if you're a hundred millionaire, sixty million, that's crazy. That's a stupid amount of money. Um, but I know he's content. I know he loves life. You know that whole thing, and um, I know he's been really, really on the verge. And I just, you know, if you remove that equation from it, I could just see him say, you know, I I like football, but do I want to do this all over again? Do I want to put up, you know, another off season of training and doing all this stuff and then training camp and then all the drama with the media and trying to work with young guys? And then, you know, especially if you think that you're just not going anywhere, which I don't think is that crazy of a thought considering they haven't gone anywhere, you know, I mean... We have Christian Watson doing a good job, and yeah, he could take a step, but what is that going to do? You know? So, I don't know. I, I I think if he comes back, it would primarily be for the money, because I can't imagine looking at what we have right now and saying, I think we're going to win it next year. I just, I don't see that being a thing. Um, it seems pretty simple to me that they can either let his contract go and just uh, just not resign him and start over with the new quarterback, new young quarterback over the next year or two. Or they can give him a contract with a low salary now, backloaded with a lot of non-guaranteed money. And if he takes over for Rodgers in a year or two and plays well, you can guarantee that money, restructure it, do what you want. But if he's not the guy, then uh, you cut him and move on or trade him something else. Give him the Derek Carr contract. It looks like a lot of money, but there's really nothing there. And if you suck, we're just going to cut you and we don't have to pay anything. Sounds good. And as to um, the... uh... Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't just misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like you. Us Days at U.S. Cellular, exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Terms apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all... It's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Okay. 
This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Sleeping? The draft. I go. think the best thing to do would be to get a tight end. Seems like we need somebody that can block and catch. I'm so all for it. we uh, change out our uh, personnel, yeah. it's not so obvious whether we're running or, or passing with the tight end position. Seems like it's important for the offense, the kid from Notre Dame. But one of the Georgia guys seems like they're the best options there. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, there, there are certain underrated positions that I don't understand why they're underrated. I really don't. Oh, it hit him in the hands and he dropped it. Oh, my goodness, Pickens. Ay, ay, ay. Christian Watson would never. <laughs> I mean, he would, but it's still funny. Uh, anyways, the, the tight end is, is, and I talked about this before, you look at the top tight ends, and then just like you said, the functionality. Why did my wife text me, okay, Karen? <laughs> what did I do? Such a weird day. The functionality of having a lethal receiving threat like a Travis Kelsey, and I know it doesn't have to be as good, but but just I'm just saying, if somebody is an elite tight end or you believe they are, how is that not valuable? I don't get it. And maybe, maybe it's just because nobody is those guys. They scout him and they're like, nah, he ain't Kelsey. I don't know, but... um. But it's not just that. Not only are they unbelievably valuable as receivers, but they're unbelievably valuable as blockers, which is incredibly important for your offense. So, yeah, I I don't get it. And I'll be honest, I was watching the the Bears game, and I saw Valus Jones take off, and then the the Falcons had the kick return for a touchdown. And I'm watching that, and I'm just thinking, explain to me how you can watch – the devastation caused by a guy like Amari. I know he got cut, bad taste, whatever. Sorry, it's a reality. The devastation caused by a guy that doesn't do anything when he catches it, and that's when he catches it. Field position is so unbelievably important. How can we say that isn't a critically important position? I mean, I'm I'm just fl- especially since nobody ever drafts pure kick returners. You can get probably the most elite kick returner in the draft and in maybe the third round, depending on how good of a receiver corner, whatever that they are. Um, I'm, I'm again, there are just certain positions that are so devalued. I'm looking at, and I'm just thinking you can get dominant that fullbacks. I mean, I know it's not the most important thing, but like you get a truly legit. Oh my goodness. That's the craziest catch I've ever seen. Um, a truly legit, dual threat, kind of a Deguara-ish, you know, uh, lead blocking slash on-the-line blocking slash motion receiving type of guy, whatever. And you can get that guy, you're telling me, like, the best in the draft in the fourth round, and you're not going to do that? I'll take him in the third round, dude. I don't care. I mean, I wouldn't because it would be a curse, but maybe that's the the plan is to just not draft anybody you have on your board for a third round value and just go straight to the fourth round unless that curses the fourth round. I'm not sure how that works, but I bring that up because it, 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 a lot of people would look at it and say, I, I wouldn't want to waste a first round pick on it. 
How in the world is that a waste? I mean, I, I understand the the potential for a bust, but you cannot tell me that if that truly is a top-tier player, like people say he is, that it's not valuable enough. I just, I don't see how that's even possible. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs had Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Why can't we get Mayer and 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 Christian Watson? I mean, we, we just want that possession guy, that that threat to threaten the, the middle of the field and whatnot, right? Get an extra added bonus of him being a blocker? At the very least, I don't know how it's that much more valuable for somebody to just be a receiver. I don't know. It's weird to me. But I'm 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 with you. I uh I would love a premier tight. And I don't know if Michael Mayer's the dude. He kind of seems to be. And it's really hard to scout tight ends. I think the biggest thing for me is they all look so slow. They're so big, and I think they've got that that sort of stride, those long strides, because they're real tall. And and my brain when you See somebody's legs kicking real fast, it looks fast, and when their legs are kicking real slow, they look slow. So tight ends always look slow to me, but the guy gets open. He's got remarkably soft hands from what I've seen. He's got big hands, so they just engulf the ball, but it's just he's just a natural catcher. Big physical guy. He's got that whole boxing out thing down, but the thing that really sold me was when he had the toe tap catch along the sideline. It was like, all right, all right, that's, that's, that's something. That's something there. Hey, Ryan. Brian from Connecticut. Hey. I thought about this after listening to yesterday's pod, Saturday's pod, and mental calls I just forgot till now. All right. Uh, I've coached youth soccer for many years, and I've always said that I always want my assistant coaches to think differently than me because if I'm thinking to go one way and they're thinking to go another, best answer is usually down the middle. And what you were saying about LaFleur, only hiring people he's worked with before, only hiring people he knows, got me thinking about when he came here, um, he didn't choose Petten. Petten was already right. here. He brought in Nathaniel Hackett, who I don't believe he had a lot of prior experience with, but Hackett was his own OC, a head coach before, yeah. and had his own ideas. Yep. Um and when all these coaches left over the past two years, no one's been brought into the outside, outside of Bisaccia. Everyone has moved up the ranks, meaning they're all LaFleur disciples. That does seem to be a losing proposition, doesn't it? I mean, I, I, I talk about that all the time with McCarthy. Promoting from within is just, it's, it's, it's a flawed strategy, right? Because if they're good, they get hired away. If they're bad, they stay. It's just, it's a, it's a, Proposition that can't work. I mean, we just saw our entire staff get hired away, and now we promote from within, and you know we'll, we'll see how it goes. But it, it, if it works, they get hired away. If it doesn't, we get stuck with them. So, um, yeah, I, I and and it's also just hard to believe that the best available candidates are on our staff, and just the year prior were, you know, like assistants and not actual coordinators. Um, but yeah, that 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 makes a lot of sense. So whether they directly think the same way he does or not, they've all been influenced by him yeah. uh, and therefore really can't be that different working for him over the past few years. Um, if, when any changes are made, specifically a defensive coordinator, they got to come from the outside. It's got to be somebody who has new ideas, 
who will push the floor to look in a different direction so that hopefully together they can find the right direction. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Go yeah. back, go. And I think the Joe Barry thing, I mean, I, I know that they had worked together before, but in theory it made sense, but only to a point, right? You want to go get the guys that are on the cutting edge, and he technically was. I mean, there's a huge pile of, of guys that are on the cutting edge as far as this is what we want to implement. Here are 17 people that are candidates. The problem is we hired the wrong one because it's one thing to know this style of defense. It's another thing to be able to coach it, to teach it, and to implement it. Um, and in order to be able to implement it, that that means being able to adapt it to what we have, being able to understand it situationally, and um, and and to be able to do things on the fly, to be able to make adjustments, those kinds of things. And it doesn't seem like that's really happening, right? I mean, this is the defense that's winning all over the NFL, except our defense is terrible. We are using the cutting-edge defense that that our offense is struggling with, but against our defense, no. Piece of cake. So we, we were halfway right, right? We were right about... See, I, I think Matt LaFleur went the opposite direction. We both agree... You, me, and Matt, all three of us, everybody listening probably, that this is the defense we need. The difference is, should we go away from somebody I know and just find the right guy, or should we find somebody that I know that I like and like to work with and we work together and all that stuff? Find the best candidate, man. Find the best candidate. This is why I get annoyed with uh, the whole, the idea that there are like 50 great candidates. Just pick one. It doesn't matter this, that. No, no, there's one. There's one really good candidate. And you're probably not going to figure out who that right one is. But you need to try as hard as you can to find that one because everybody else is going to suck. Anyways, why don't we go ahead and take a break right here. If you would like to support this here podcast directly, I would greatly appreciate it. You can do so at patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. Thank you very much to, uh, as I said, Cole for upping his pledge. Andrew for jumping in for $5 a month. And that's it. The others are <laughs> deletions. But you two are my heroes. Also, please consider giving to Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry. You can do so at FertileGroundRanch.org. Please remember, we are doing a giveaway. We're going to be doing another uh, signed jersey giveaway. This time it is going to be Paul Horning. It's going to come with a certificate of authenticity. So not only are you going to be doing good, but you're going to be entered into the drawing to win. As I always tell you guys, there usually are very few entries. So you probably have about a 25% chance if you uh, go donate at FertileGroundRanch.org. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Hey, Brian, Roland from New York. Hey. Uh, had some technical difficulties at the end of that last call. Um, uh, the third point I was going to make was that the, um, the Packers should definitely uh, look at taking a tight end in the draft. I think go. maybe uh, Mayor from MD or uh, maybe one of the Georgia kids. I think we need somebody that can help unlock the offense with more of like a pass block option. Um, that it doesn't necessarily seem like uh, whatever the formation is that if Tunyon's in, he's going to be a receiver. If it's Lewis, he's going to be a blocker. So we need more of like a two-way threat, the tight end. It seems like with this type of offense, that's a big deal. We really just yeah, and the only thing I could really think is it just seems like a fool's errand to try to draft the guy. They always talk about how the quarterback is the hardest position to draft. I think that's absolute garbage. 
It's that's the most the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Every single elite quarterback was probably was was drafted in the first round with the with very few exceptions. And usually they're drafted in the top five, top 10, if not top five. They're, they're all first round picks. Why do they not slide past the second, third, fourth, fifth round? Why? Because you know who they are. It's, it's obvious who the, the really good quarterbacks are that are going to translate. Tight ends, they're all fourth rounders. All the best tight ends are for The first round picks all suck. The second round picks suck. Nobody knows how to scout tight ends. Nobody knows how to do it. There, there's, there. It's, it's just a, a complete fool's errand. So here's, here's my thought. You can draft Michael Mayer, or hear me out. Let somebody else. Don't draft any tight ends. Zero. Let other teams draft tight ends, and then you save up your pennies and go all in on a trade. You just find that team that that's willing to move them, and you way overpay for them. You just let everybody else take all these swings. We'll take swings at wide receivers and offensive linemen and everything else, and then we'll just pick off everybody else's. You get like the, you know, the number one guy they won't part with, but get like the number six tight end in football. You know, they're having a little financial trouble. Maybe they're in a tear down season. Like, look, I'm going to overpay you for that. I'll give you a first round pick for him. You know why? Because if you use a first round pick, you're going to get a guy that probably sucks. So let somebody else sift through all the tight ends. And then when they find that fourth round gem, you give them a second or a, even a first round pick. It's worth it. Why not? Just a thought. I don't know. But yeah, we're all kind of on the same page here, I think, with with tight end being a need. And and it's it's one of those things kind of similar to linebacker and running back. And there are periods of time where it's like, we just don't ever have these guys. Then we got, you know, Eddie Lacy. And then after that, Aaron Jones. And it's like, yeah, we, we've, we've got a pretty good track record with running backs. Linebackers, like the Packers... Don't have good linebackers. Like, A.J. Hawk was the best we had, and he was kind of, you know, he's fine. He's, he's okay, I guess. But then we get Devondre Campbell. It's like, dude, we're so good. And then you get Quay, and it's like, yeah, hey, we got pretty good linebackers. I mean, he's not elite or anything, but we don't. it's not a thing anymore where we're like, we just never have good linebackers. Our linebackers always suck. So we need to have that moment with tight end. We've tried so many times, and, I, and I'm the only Packer fan that will stand here and say, Jermichael Finley is massively overrated by Packer fans. That guy was never an elite tight end. I was there. I remember constantly, every single year, saying he's struggled. He hasn't been the guy Packer fans want, but maybe this will be his big breakout year. Maybe this will be his big breakout year. Nobody ever said he's an elite tight end. The guy struggled with drops and everything else. He was never, I mean, he was, he was probably better than anybody we've had, and he was unbelievably gifted. He might have been the most athletically gifted tight end in the, in, in, in the NFL at periods of time. But it never translated. It's like the Packers' defense. Yes, it's low. It's certainly loaded with talent, but it's nowhere near the potential that it should be. Jermichael Finley was like the Packers' defense, loaded with talent, but it never materialized. So we've just never had that just dominant, dominant tight end threat since I don't know the '90s. So I'm all for it. It's it, that that's going to crack at some point. You know, I mean, like I said, we we've always had those. Those things that we just are struggling to to get, we just don't have those guys. Um, we had a brief stint with corner where we really struggled to get that, and then we kind of cleared that out. I think it just takes that one, and then we start hitting. You know, you get that real big one, you get your Jair tight end, and then you get some some lesser lesser talented Jairs. Hey, what's up, Ron? Clayton here. What up? Man, I tell you, today has been uh, been a pretty good day. Sitting around watching football, no pressure, right? Just stress-free, no Packer game. 
type of Sunday NFL. It's been a, been a lot of fun, man. But I wondered if you had seen Devontae Adams get the penalty where he was cussing out the ref on the field. And is it just me, or is that dude just kind of, I don't know, turned heel all of a sudden? Seems like every other week he's doing something that's just kind of out of character for how he acted in Green Bay. Just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on that. And then also, man, watching watching these Vikings get boat raced by the Cowboys, my goodness. I mean, the last I've seen here, it's 40-3. to Kirk Cousins has been sacked seven times. I mean, I ain't seen a beating like this since Uncle Bill's rooster got into his pork rounds, dude. It's bad, real bad. But I just want to get your take on that, man. How, how in the world do we beat the Cowboys? And then, I'm sorry, the Vikings beat us. We beat the Cowboys, and the Cowboys come out and absolutely annihilate the Vikings. It's just wild, man. The NFL is something else. But, yeah, I just want to get your thoughts on those things, man. Talk to you soon. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I didn't see that. I'm watching it right now. I think he's just embracing his inner Raider. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just he grew up watching him. He knows what it means to be a Raider, just like he knew what it meant to be a Packer, and he came here and he honored that. He was a great Packer. He was a very polite, soft-spoken guy, and he goes over to play for the Raiders, and he's just, like, spitting and cursing at the refs. I mean, not literally spitting on them, but, you know, because he's yelling a lot or whatever. Um, Yeah, and he, he had the run-in with the, the cameraman, and he's yelling at fans, and... It's just a mentality, and he's. I, I, it's probably been a, a, a pent-up thing for him for a while to want to be a Raider and to want to go down in history as one of those guys, one of those skull crackers. Ironically, it was he was yelling at the ref because somebody cracked his skull, and he was upset that they didn't get a penalty for it. But still, he's angry. But it is weird, and it's uncharacteristic, and it's not great to see. Um, obviously, he's very frustrated being there, um, not really used to this just like the Packers aren't really used to what they're going through. And yeah, that that Cowboys-Vikings game, was it made me so happy. I mean, everything, it's been a great, like you said, it's been a great day. I've been kind of kicked back, uh, came home. My uh, wife took the kids to go see Elf the Musical. I did have the little, little one, but very rare situation where she was in a good mood. Usually, she doesn't like coming in my office anymore, so I haven't been able to pull this trick, but... We were upstairs, and I'm like, should we get some snacks and go downstairs? And, dude, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I loaded her up. Like, we had a little party. We had cookies. I got Pringles. She loves Pringles. I got cookie dough. We got these little cookie doughs from Quick Trip. Um, I got some yogurt. I got bottles of water. I even let her hold the water. You know, usually she can't hold it because she'll spill. I'm like, go ahead, spill on yourself. It's a party. It's a dad party. This is what we do when we come in the office. We party. So I got the TV in the office. I set her up with crudes and cocoa melon, and I got the the football games up over here, and I'm just doing uh, podcast stuff when I can. Maybe doing a little StarCraft stuff too, you know, no big deal. But but yeah, just a, just a great day watching the Bears, and, and and you know, I don't even know how to be honest. I was half watching the game how they lost that game because every time I watched, they were making big plays. You know, they're causing turnovers and they're getting the big this and big that. It's like, how did you lose that game? I think it's just because they're a bad football team. You know, it's like, hey, what if every time you get the ball, we're going to give it to you like on the 50-yard line? Would that help you? No. No, we're still going to lose. Okay, well, that's that sucks, I guess. But man, that uh, that Vikings game was just beautiful. I mean, it it actually, and and just barely, just just barely, but it actually got to the point, and once in a while this happens, where it's so bad I start to feel bad for them. Like it, it crosses a line into this is this is not even necessarily for the fans, although they haven't been that bad. Bears fans are, are significantly. I haven't really been trashing the Vikings much. I should try it and just see how it goes. See what Vikings fans do. 
but mostly for Kirk Cousins because that guy got sacked like 15 times. <laughs> and the first 14 were hilarious, but the 15th one was like, all right, dude, now I'm starting to feel a little bad for the guy. He's got kids, I'm pretty sure. Maybe he doesn't, I don't know, but somebody, he's got a family somewhere that might love him, and that's that's got to be hard to watch. But it feels good, and, and, and I think the way that they phrase it as far as snowballing probably makes the most sense. I, I think occasionally we see games like that, and it's just a matter of probably game planning. The, uh, the overall game plan for the Minnesota Vikings and the Dallas Cowboys ended up being just a complete buzzsaw, and there was no way to get out of it. I don't know exactly what they were doing, but what they planned on, what they worked on all week, they came into it, and it was like, it was just, it's like rock, paper, scissors. And <laughs> it just, it was just death. Talk about matchups, and that was just the absolute, obviously the absolute perfect matchup, offensively and defensively. And I, I wish they could play the Dallas Cowboys every week, because that would just make me so happy. heard you were late on calls, so I'm going to give you one here. All right. Uh, what do you think happens to us after we, uh, you know, Bite it. All right, bye. Well, uh, I don't know what happens to you, Tom, but I will be cruising through pearly gates, walking up and down streets of gold. Thank you for your call. Hey, Bad Daddy. I just had a question. Um, so I know that there was a team a while ago who uh, thought that they were at like the top of the division and they yeah. were the greatest thing in the NFC. Um, and then I thought there was another team that wasn't playing very well. Right. And, and they went down and they beat the Cowboys yeah. in like overtime or something. Okay. And then there was another team that, uh, got their dick kicked in by the Cowboys. <laughs> and I, and that, that team was actually the team that thought they were the best. So, um, just want to confirm a few rumors. Go back. Go. I have heard that. I did hear. I have to bleep that. I'm, I'm sad that I do because it loses all of its oomph. But, you know, apparently via Trey Wingo, the uh, Vikings, which is the team that you're actually referring to, is the first ever 8-2 and two team to have a negative point differential. That is to say they've actually given up more points than they have uh, scored. So, and as was pointed out, that'll happen when you lose by 40 in a game, but... Um, but still, fraud is is kind of coming back, which is unfortunate for them because they just beat Buffalo. And so the general thought was they just proved that they're not frauds, and then they made themselves look like massive frauds by getting slaughtered by uh, by a playoff team. But I think somebody pointed it out pretty accurately. The, the Vikings are the 2019 Packers, and what that means is that they're going to get absolutely curb stomped by a team in the playoffs most likely it'll be the 49ers but i don't know maybe they have their own 49ers maybe it'll be dallas it'll be, you know what that's what it'll be it'll be dallas cuz remember for us 49ers whooped on us in the regular season and kind of exposed us for not actually being all that great of a football team and then we saw them again in the playoffs and it's like we'll show you we're so good we got so much better since the last time we saw you it's going to be crazy and then uh and then they 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 kicked us a lot like over and over again it was it really hurt and i look forward to watching the vikings do that so that's great anyways that's all i got that's all at the end of the call so you guys have yourselves a fantastic day i will talk to you tomorrow have a good one bye-bye
first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.